Bethel Ministries, where our highest priority is making God real in your life. You can visit us online at womanatthewellministries.org. Now sit down with us as we look to the scriptures to learn more about God and to strengthen our daily walk with Jesus Christ. During times of trouble, it is important to remember that God is able. There is nothing too big for God or too small for God. His hands of mercy, grace, and love extend to every situation in our lives. His ears are open and ready to listen to every cry for help that we make. We, as children of God, must open our hearts and trust Jesus with every problem, care, and issue we have in our lives. Join us in this podcast of Women at the Well Ministries as Kim takes us on a journey through the scriptures, revealing that God is not only able to completely fix everything we give to him, but he is also willing to do so. Jesus is interested in you. Hello, and thank you for joining us in this podcast of Women at the Well Ministries. And what a pleasure it is to talk about how God takes care of us. You know, sometimes I think we can get our eyes focused on the problems in our world instead of focused on the Lord. I heard one time that we should stop telling Jesus how big the storm is and start telling the storm how big Jesus is. Now, I do know that Jesus is interested in knowing whatever is bothering me, whatever is coming up in my life, but I believe if I would start to speak to the storms in my life about the greatness of God, I believe things would change. One, I believe my attitude would be turned around because I would have a confidence that I would know that all is well and all is going to be well with me and my Lord. I believe also that the devil would start to flee because it would remind him of the foe he's up against. It's interesting to me as Christians how so often we go into battle and we never use our best weapon. That wouldn't happen in real life. In real life, if you were in a battle with an enemy and you were in war, you're going to pull out all the big guns. You're going to pull out every single thing you have to stop the enemy in its tracks. But in our everyday life, we often go about fighting the devil and entertaining the devil and, and moving about in our issues and troubles without ever invoking the Lord and his direction in our lives. What I mean by that is we often take matters in our own hands. Instead of seeking his guidance in the word of God to see what God would tell us to do in this situation, we often begin to just start figuring out what we could do, how we could help him. My mind goes back to the account in the scriptures of the widow woman. And there she was, and she was in a situation in her life where she was running out of sustenance, not just for her, but for her son as well. And the prophet Elijah pretty much knocks on her door, and he wants to know what she's doing. 
And she says, I'm going out to gather some sticks and I'm going to prepare the very last meal I have for me and my son. And the prophet Elijah, who had been sent by God and God had told her that someone was coming, the prophet Elijah says to her, go fix me first and then your family. The account shows us that the widow woman had such faith in God and his words to her and such faith in the words of the prophet Elijah that she did exactly as she was instructed. And the account tells us that her cruise of oil never went dry and her barrel of flour never ran out. By putting God first, she was able to receive the blessings of God. By putting God first, she was able to see how faith in God rewards each person who puts their faith in God. In Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 1, we hear these words, behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. See, we serve a God that is alive and well. We serve a God that is real. We serve a God that cares for us and loves for us. And from Genesis to Revelations, we hear of his love for us. We see how he takes care of us. We read of accounts where he showed up when only he could do what was needed to be done. This account in Elijah and the widow's life is that. Elijah had no food, but God provided through the widow. The widow in her own might was going to be able to prepare just one meal. You know, I'm sure it was difficult for the widow to choose to give all she have all she had first to the prophet. So what would cause someone to have that kind of faith? She knew who God was. She understood how much she was loved by him. I wonder today if that is true of you and me. Do we know the character of God? Do we understand his love for us as such that he saved us on the cross of Calvary, not just to let us die and go away now with no hope or no help. But he saved us for eternity that he might have a life with us forever. And when you have a life with someone, you share with them. You commune with them. You fellowship with them. You care about them. When that person hurts, you hurt. And so when we look at the scriptures and we see God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit all wrapped in one, what we see is an incredible trinity that is focused on fixing your needs. But they require that you acknowledge who they are, that you believe in their capabilities, and that you invoke their presence into your life and situation. See, his hand isn't shortened, but I've got to reach for it. 
And my hand may be too short to reach his, but he'll come to me. And Jeremiah 33, 3, he says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. He invites us to call upon him. He tells us that we can exchange our heavy burdens for his light ones. In Matthew 7, 7, he invites us to ask him and it will be given to us. To seek him and we will find it. And to knock and it shall be opened unto us. All of these things exercise our faith. You don't turn a handle on a door thinking it's not going to open. And the door doesn't open on its own. It's standing there willing and waiting. But you open it up because you believe that it will open and that by passing through that door, you're going to get where you need to go and want to go. Jesus stands and behold, he knocks on the door of our heart, asking us to ask him in, to sup with us, to, to have a life with him. You may have burdens in your life that are weighing you down. But I want you to know he's asking you to cast them on him because he cares for you. He's asking you to talk to him and invoke his presence that he may open up his blessings, that you may receive what you need. See, we forget the promises of God. We forget that he said he would never leave us nor forsake us. We forget that he said that he came, that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Those are not empty words. Those are words that he backs by his presence. But you have to welcome his presence. And you say, Kim, well, how can I do that? Well, one, you can pray and talk to him. Two, open up the word of God and let it lead you and guide you. Let it speak to your heart. Let it mold you. Let it fill your mind and push out the things of the world. Let it give you the peace that only he can give. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So when we read the word of God, we are present with Jesus. And he knows what lies ahead, and he is fully able and willing to help us navigate every day of our life, but we need to invite him in. He's given us an armor to protect us from the devil who walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's giving us promises to know that we are not alone. He's given us our provisions when he says in Philippians 4.19, but my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He's given us what we need to accomplish that which he has chosen for us to do, that we might have the life that's more abundant, that we might fulfill the plans that he has for our life to prosper us and to give us a hope and an expected end. He has given us strength to do that according to Philippians 4.13. And so my question to you is this. Do you understand that he is standing guard over you? He never sleeps nor slumbers. And he's ready to take action 
on your situation when you ask him to do so. The widow woman in her own right could have fed her family one time. But when she chose to follow God and trust him for all that he had given her and all that he had said, then she was blessed beyond measure. I'm not a a prosperity preacher, but I'm one that speaks the truth. And that is this, you can't outgive God. You will never be able to, in your finite abilities, provide what God in his infinite capabilities, omniscient mind, and omnipotent power, can lay before you. We see the destruction of going our own ways in the Garden of Eden. Eve, instead of following, she took the burden of being the director of her own life and setting her own rules, and they were contrary to what God said. And look where that got her. Cast out of the garden, fooled by the devil, And to this day, we all suffer from her deciding to take the reins out of God's hands and do it her own way. I wonder where it would have been for Daniel if he had not relied on the Lord when he was in the lion's den. See, Daniel didn't look at the lions and say, Lord, you could have saved me. I didn't even have to be in here. That's what our human mind does sometimes. But God had a plan for Daniel to be in the lion's den. But in that plan that others could see the power and glory of God, he was also protecting Daniel. And Daniel slept through the whole process. Do you have that kind of peace? Daniel was a man of like passions, just like me and you. But he understood who God was. He understood that God was able. He understood that God would keep his promises and that he was guarding him. He understood that he would provide his every need. If you want to talk about understanding how able God is, I want you to think about Abraham. And he's at the bottom of the hill with all of his people, and he's going up to sacrifice. And in his mind, he must be going to sacrifice his son because he had nothing else to sacrifice. And he was going to follow what God had commanded him. But he tells the people at the foot of the hill, we will be back. I don't think he knew how, but he knew God was faithful and just, and God would only do what was best for Abraham, and he knew the promises that God had given him about his seed being multiplied on the earth. And he knew that if his son stayed dead, there was no possible way God's word would be fulfilled. And regardless of the circumstances and regardless of the logic, Abraham knew that faith will beat logic any day. Abraham knew that God could not lie. And so he was willing to carry out the process 
of killing his son as a sacrifice. But he didn't have to do that because God provided a sacrifice. God has provided a sacrifice for you in your life to pay your penalty of sin. And that sacrifice stays on the throne 24-7 every day of your life, watching you and guarding you and keeping you, providing for you and enabling you. See, you can't exhaust the resources of God. Your failures and your frailties are not too much for the storehouse of God. The blessings that he gives you are less than the ones that you could have. Because most of us don't stay in the place where God can bless us. We step out, and so while the blessings are still over here on blessing lane, we're over here on committing sin lane. We're over here doing it our way. God has led us and put us through a place where blessing and growth will be, but we're over here in the wilderness. And God is still reaching for us and trying to get us back on the blessing lane. Today, God is able. Tomorrow, God will be able. And God was able. Look at what he has done and know that he doesn't change. The same God that provided for Abraham is the same God that provides for me. Abraham, though, was a mighty man of faith, but he didn't have any special place in God's eyes than me or you because he loves us all and he's no respecter of persons. The difference in the power of Abraham's life and perhaps the power in my life and the power in your life is this, is how much faith do you have to unlock the power? How willing are you to be in the center of God's will? And be filled with his grace and his glory that you might have power in this world. If you don't have it, it's not his fault. It has to be ours. Pray with me. Lord, I ask that you would be with us today. I pray that you would sweep our hearts and that you would walk through it, Lord, and that you would remove anything that is an obstacle between us and you. I pray, Lord, that you would give us an opportunity, Lord, to be filled with your presence, to be filled with your glory, to be filled with your grace, Lord, to be filled with your love, Lord, to have an understanding of the direction in each of our lives that you would have us to take, Lord, to be drawn to you, to be, have a desire to do both good and your will and your pleasure. Lord, I pray that you would be with each of us, that we would be what you'd have us to be. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Remember, you are loved. Jesus loves you. Thank you. Thank you all for joining us today in this program of Woman at the Well Ministries. We pray that it has been a blessing to you, and we encourage you to reach out to us through our website or our Facebook page. You can find us at watwm.org and at facebook.com watwm, where you will find devotions and many additional Bible resources to enhance your personal walk with God. Women of the Well Ministries is a nonprofit organization dedicated to serving our Heavenly Father, and it is through your loving and generous support 
that our ministry continues to bless others. If you would like to partner with Women at the Well Ministries, please visit our website at watwm.org. We would like to thank the gospel group Fudge Creek for letting us play their hit song, Happy Girl. Greatly appreciate your prayers. Know that we pray for our listeners. Remember that God loves you and you are loved. Be good.